I lied, my friends. Welcome back to Podcast 11 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev, follows at The Odds Breakers, follows on social media slash The Odds Breakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. For 30% off Shot Quality Bets, please visit Shot Quality Bets. Use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and location apply. Get a new perspective in betting college basketball if you'd like to support the odds breakers and benefit from our premium plays please visit the oddsbreakers.com click shop and become a member pick any of our winning handicappers to get the premium plays before the line moves you can also support us on patreon.com and if nothing else please visit the odds breakers and become a free picks and telegram newsletter subscriber all new signups gets a free odds breakers polo shirt all the way through march madness my friends, I did lie because I said this would be our last Monday show last week, but then I realized that I wanted to talk Super Bowl unfettered to you guys. Basically, my thoughts and my thoughts only. And I also wanted to bring you a great guest, Derek Stevens, the owner of the Circa Hotel and Casino. And Circus Sports, as well as the D in Las Vegas, is coming on to talk about the NFL contests, about the Super Bowl, and all the fun festivities that is going on at the Circa in Las Vegas. But like I said, before we get into that, I'm going to get into the Super Bowl and my thoughts on it itself. We had a great show last week with Rafael Esparza talking about all the prop bets that are out there. I'm betting quite a few of them. We've always been very successful during the NFL Super Bowl props. I gave out a few prop plays after that to premium subscribers. Premium subscribers are getting the best of the lines, but we will also go over our prop list later this week to make sure that we have you covered for your Super Bowl Sports betting pleasures. So the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The total's now to about 50.5. The spread is around 1.5, kind of hovering around that. It all started out with the Chiefs being favored minus two and a half. And then that other side got hammered. Probably because the injuries. Probably because of forecasted line movement. It was obvious that Eagles' money would come in against the Chiefs with what happened last game. All the injuries, the calls, just they had much harder path. Jacksonville gave them a rough game. They had a very rough game against the Bengals. The Eagles had it very easy. And then the line got all the way up to two, two and a half with the Eagles, and there was a little buyback or pressure on the Chief side of things, bringing it down to minus one and a half. The total went up to 50 and a half around the 49 area. So that was your line movement. I myself gave out the Eagles immediately when those lines came out. Minus one. Still a slight line value. 
I'm not 100% where this is going to close. I think that it's going to be minus two for the Eagles when it closes. I thought for a second it might go to three, but it looks like some of those injuries might be less impactful or basically the players just might play. We'll see. No good signs of that yet. So looking at this game, the obvious thing is the AFC's always been looked at as better than the NFC in total, although the Eagles was always pretty high for me. Now, you can say what you want about what happened versus the Bengals. We can't change any of that, but you still have a great team playing a great team. Like I said earlier, the Kansas City Chiefs are tied for third in my power ratings, and the Eagles are now second. The Chiefs on defense have looked pretty legit. They were out they outcoached Zach Taylor last week, in my opinion. The two high coverage, the double wide, really helped them out. They didn't adjust and throw the ball to Mixon as much or to Hurst as nearly as much as they should have when Boyd went out. When you have too high coverage, you're going to have slot receivers open. You're going to have tight ends opened. Running backs sometimes open. They got linebackers on them at times. They have spies sometimes. But that's why I'm very running back and tight end heavy looking at the props as of right now. But a few narratives really remain true. The Eagles had a cakewalk. They got the seventh seed at home for their first game, and they played a team without a quarterback their second game. You know, that's very true. And Kansas City did play a very hard-fought game. They might have been gifted the victory. We don't know if they would have won it with a better officiating crew or not. I mean, you can speculate as long as you want. That doesn't matter. But what matters now is the health of these teams and how they match up against each other. The Eagles have a 4-3 defense. Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat on the outside, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave on the inside. They will stunt Hassan Reddick. That's why you see Reddick get some sacks. Uh, TJ Edwards is their middle linebacker, former Badger, by the way. I thought he was a big steal in the draft when he was drafted. I think it was the fourth round. Something pretty low. But this defense does an adequate job against tight ends. Middle of the pack. Not great for against Kels. But they do a fantastic job against receivers. You know, they got Darius Slay at the corners. They got James Bradbury. Vontae Maddox is a little banged up. Josiah Scott's there. Then they have C.J. Garner-Johnson for the strong safety and the free safety. Reed Blinkenship. You know, the, the D is pretty stacked. They do a great job against receivers. So the question is, what are they going to do for Kelsey? Are they going to put a safety over the top of Kelsey? Are they going to try to take Kelsey away? I think you try to take Kelsey away. I, I think that's important, and I think that Sirianni knows this. They also have a little bit of a issue against running backs. That kind of surprises me with Jordan Davis 
backing up Fletcher Cox and the Domicon Sioux rotating in. Their defensive line is just stacked. I think it's just the way that they play defense, a little bit more of a cover two prevent E, you know. They they tend to tighten up when it gets to the red zone. But either way, I think Pacheco has a decent game because of it. The Eagles and Chiefs give up 4.6 yards per rushing attempt. Now, the Eagles are a much better rushing team, right? So you got to factor that in as well. The Eagles average 156 yards on the ground, 153.9, excuse me, while Kansas City is 113.5. Of course, Kansas City gets their yards in the air, 222.6, the Eagles 170. These teams are pretty close on paper. But I think the Eagles have a little bit of an edge. The Chiefs are number one in passing and drop back EPA. It's clear to see that. But the Eagles are number seven. And with all the banged up receivers, I'm a little bit worried for the Chiefs. Now on defense, the Eagles are number one in opponent drop back EPA. And the Chiefs are number 16. That's a bigger discrepancy that favors the Eagles. That's an advantage to the Eagles. Both teams rush the ball pretty well. The Eagles rush more often. They have a wild card with Hertz, who's healthier on his legs, not necessarily his shoulder. But the Eagles are number one in opponent passing yards per attempt at 5.4. The Chiefs are number six at 6.1. You're given the edge on defense for the Eagles. A little bit of edge in the offense for the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs and the Eagles are very close to one net yard per play. But the Eagles are the more efficient team on offense. 13.4 yards per point to the Chiefs at 14.2. Now, the Chiefs have had a harder schedule, ranking 9th to the Eagles 29th. But I have to shun that a little bit because you have to admit the AFC West wasn't nearly what we thought it would be in the preseason. Was it? With the Broncos with the Chargers being hurt all year, with the Raiders being the Raiders. So think about that. The Eagles had to play the Cowboys twice, Washington twice, which is a pretty good team, and a playoff Giants twice. (laughs) Washington almost made the playoffs themselves. So you have to factor that in a little bit too when looking at strength of schedule. The Chiefs packed their victories running the ball with uh, Isaiah Pacheco. And throwing the ball to Isaiah Pacheco. The Eagles give up yards to running backs. Now they do tighten up, like I said, when it comes to the red zone plus territory. They do tighten up a little bit, which is good. But the Eagles also give up a few passing yards to running backs. I believe they're in the middle of the pack, ranking about 11th or 12th in that area. So I think that's the Chiefs pack to victory, but can they stick with it? They get so infatuated with the pass sometimes, I think it overwhelms Andy Reid. And so you wonder if he's going to force Mahomes into some bad predicaments. That's what I think could happen. Stopping Christian Jones is going to be a big task for the Eagles, but they do have the sixth-ranked offensive line And you saw them perform extremely well 
against the 49ers defensive front. That's huge. You know, just an amazing performance last week. That side of the ball wasn't injured. As far as the Chiefs, I have to be concerned about their injuries still. On Friday, when the report came out, Legereus Sneed, the cornerback, didn't have a helmet on Friday's practice. Watch from the sideline. Kadarius Toney didn't have a helmet on. Just kind of threw the ball around with Juju resting up. So, McCole Hardman says the Chiefs are gathering opinions to determine if he has a chance to play because of his pelvis. And then you have Willie Gay that's banged up and was a limited participant, a key linebacker for the Chiefs. Very banged up there, you know, and it was this was kind of expected, but you can't guarantee all these guys are going to play. There's a chance that they do play, but are banged up and just playing because it's the Super Bowl anyway. I think that's something you have to factor in. Mahomes' ankle should be a lot better, but it's a high ankle sprain. Something could retweak during the game. I think just the overall efficiency, the Eagles are third in offensive efficiency, fourth on defensive EPA. The Chiefs are first in offensive EPA. And 15th on defense just shows you that the Eagles are the more efficient team. Did they have the easier strength schedule? Yes, by a little bit. But I think that they're the more complete team. I think that there's much more of a rushing threat with Jalen Hurts. And I think they have the talent on the wide receivers, if needed, to make big plays in the game. Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith. You have Dallas Godert, who's one of the best tight ends in the league. And you have that massive trade, blunder from the Titans. A.J. Brown, who is probably a top three or four receiver in the league. I like the Eagles under three, just like I said before. No fettering. I have the Eagles 28-24 to 24 winning this game. I still like it at three stars. One more play that I do every year for the Super Bowl that usually pays off, I can't remember when it hasn't, is the first half under and the second half to score more points. I already gave that out with Rafael Sparza. Second half scores more at minus 120. I took under for plus money, 24. It is 24 and a half minus 120. I like that just as much. Take the first half under in the Super Bowl Both teams always tend to be a little bit more conservative in the beginning. They don't want to give up the big play, play from behind. They're okay with punting the ball early. I like the first half under for 1.5 stars under 24.5 at minus 120. Kills. You know a lot about cyberspace. You, You ever come across anything like time travel? All right, my friends, those are my Super Bowl thoughts. Let's get into our guest, Mr. Derek Stevens from the Circa and the D in Las Vegas. And now I'm very excited to welcome back the CEO of all of Circa Sports and the D and Mr. Derek Stevens to the Odds Breakers. You can follow him on Twitter at Derek J. Stevens. Derek, I think there's a big game coming up, my man. How you doing? 
Thank you. Great to talk to you. Uh, all good. All good here in Vegas. We've been holding fork out, and uh, everything's good. I imagine. What a amazing season. I mean, Circus Survivor, I could not believe the amount of people dropping out of that thing in the beginning. It was just like mass chaos, wasn't it? It was uh, It was an amazing season for, for our football contest. Yeah. Uh, Circus Survivor, you know, it set a record with uh, $6.133 million in a payout. And um, that ended up being the largest football contest in, in football contest history. And uh, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty cool. It was amazing, though, that, you know, the first four weeks, how many people got knocked out. Um, you know, it was a little unfortunate. I'd rather have... I'd rather have people stay in a little bit longer, but uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty crazy with the early early season carnage, uh, and then you know about the middle of the season towards the end, it really slowed down, and uh, and um, people made it through the gauntlet of uh, Thanksgiving week, uh, and then the gauntlet of Christmas week, and we ended up uh, going into the very last week of the season with uh, three. Uh, undefeated teams, and we ended up with two, and they split the six point one three three million. <laughs> that was amazing, and I, I like to talk to the guy that dropped out of that one. He uh, picked a team that was very close, but it was a lot of sweats. I mean, there was a ton of sweats going on at the end there. And I do want to add, Derek. I believe the year before, a lot of people moved. So first of all, you had the year where you know everyone was completely invested. And then you had the year that benefited the people that picked the teams. I think it's a perfect mix, if you ask me. Yeah, it uh, it worked out pretty well. I mean, the sweats this year were just unbelievable between a few of the overtime games, some of the last-minute uh, field goals. Uh, pretty pretty crazy how it developed. But, uh, you know, for, for those of your listeners that, uh, that, that have never played in a Survivor before, uh, well, I'll tell you what, it's uh it's one heck of a football contest. It's like uh it's like adrenaline, uh, you know, injected with a little more adrenaline. It's uh it's really something. It's a hell of a rush, man. And uh you know, people spend money for different types of rushes, but this is one of the biggest ones around is Circus Survivor when everything's on the line. So, I absolutely love it. Up to 6 entries you can have for this for anybody who's listening that hasn't had the chance to get into that wonderful contest. But I also want to ask you a little bit about the the Millions contest. How did that go, and is there anything that you would change for next year? Well, the Millions the millions actually had a, had a great, great season as well. Uh, you know, for the consumer, you know, we, we did a $6 million guarantee. Um, we did not hit you know, 6,000 entries. So there was a strong overlay. So positive EV for everybody that participated. Um, I think we had 4,400 entrants and, and we guaranteed, uh, we guaranteed, uh, um, 6 million, um, in the, in the contest. So a million, two of it went off to the quarterly prizes and, uh, and then the rest in the, uh, in the overall, and uh, it came down as as the millions always will. It'll come down to the last weekend, and uh, you know we invited a lot of people that were in the top uh, top ten to come out and spend that last weekend with us. And pretty amazing how uh, how a crew uh, crew of four guys uh, came out. And they uh, they weren't in first place going into that week, but uh, 
but they had a heck of a last week, and then, uh, you know, they nailed it. So they won the uh, overall first prize, and, uh, boy, what a sweat that was. That was a ton of fun as well in the millions. Oh, it's my favorite, man. I absolutely love it. Uh, every single year for me, count me in. It is the sports betting contest of all contests. So before, without giving away too much information, are you keeping the same format coming into the next year or should we expect any surprises? Well, um, I would say two things on that. Um, first, and I'm not holding anything back, back, uh, from you right now. We're, uh, you know, we're a week out for Super Bowl. Um, we got to get through Super Bowl and then, you know, myself, Mike Palm, um, our our team, we get together, you know, probably the end of uh, February, beginning of March, and we start talking about about next year. Um, one of the one of the things that a lot of people maybe don't think about is we really we really can't put forward the football contests until we get to the end of April, and the reason for that is is we got to see the NFL schedule. The NFL schedule release has a major impact on how we do these contests because of the way the calendar works. Um, specifically, when we look towards next season, the way the calendar falls and how Christmas changes versus this year, that's going to impact our thought process on on both Survivor and Millions. So it's a little early right now, um, but. You know, we develop a couple of different game plans, and then once the schedule comes out, we meet, and then boom, we're ready to roll. That makes total sense. Schedule's got to come out, and then you make the decisions if you want to make any changes. Uh, we'll be definitely tuning in to Circus Sports at Circus Sports for updates on that. Question about the Invitational. How did that kind of come about, and uh, what was the driving force behind that idea? Um, with, with regard to our, uh, our invitational at the end of December. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well it, it, it's, it, you had the media contest, right? That was, I believe called the invitational and. Oh yeah. 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 With, uh, Matt human. Sure. We did that. Uh, we did that on VEASAN and, uh, Matt selected, uh, a handful of handicappers and, um, and what we did is we put up a, a prize of $25,000 was split, um, between the top three, and uh, we put that show out live at uh, beginning at 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time every Friday night, and uh, we thought it was a great um, a great three-hour show that Matt put on. Um, I joined him for the first couple segments each Friday, but we thought it was a great show that Matt put on because he had some of the some of the best and most well-known handicappers in the country that participated in. It gave um, a lot of football fans, a lot of football betters, um, an opportunity to watch a show that um, that had had great handicappers give their analysis um, on what they were uh, what they were playing for the weekend. So it gave people um, an opportunity to uh, to uh, hear some hear some opinions that may have you know backed up the opinions that uh, that that the individuals may have had, or or may have given them pause and. Uh, and made him made him think about something else again. So that was a really cool contest. The first year um, um, we did that. Um, it wasn't an original deal because it used to be a, a handicappers contest back uh, a couple decades ago. It kind of went by the wayside. So Matt bringing that thing back was uh, was pretty cool for us. Pretty cool for Visa and pretty cool for Las Vegas. 
It was really cool, and it was kind of tough for me because half of those guys are reoccurring guests on the Ozbreakers. Uh, I believe one of them won, Chris Felica. Uh, I, I sent up congratulations, so that was pretty cool to see. But uh, definitely. The bear, the bear was in town yesterday. He was collecting his winnings. He won the whole thing. <laughs> I know, I know. He's texting me. He, he's a great guy, and uh, I'm glad that he stopped by out there. I saw a couple of his photos and everything of him collecting his winnings, and I'm sure he's going to be back to put some more good stuff out there and good futures bets out there. Is that something you're going to do again next year? Oh, yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, Matt and I have been talking. We're going to tweak that out a little bit, and uh, that was a lot of fun, so we're definitely going to grow that one. Uh, awesome. Well, man, uh I love these contests, so I have to ask you, is there any chance that we're going to see anything for March Madness or any other sports coming up? I mean, as far as the contests go? Yeah, I don't even know how you'd format a March Madness contest because it would be a, probably a three- or four-week one, but uh, is there any, has anyone ever brought that up in your meetings with Metcalf, with uh, Palm, you know, with Jeff Benson? Yeah, we've we've all we've all discussed it, and I know there's a lot of a lot of people that would love us to do something like that. The problem is just simply timing, and what I mean by that is think about you know we we put our uh, our football contest up, you know, at the beginning of May, and um, or the middle of May, and it takes us all summer long to be able to get up to these these volume numbers. You know, six million for Survivor and and the millions, um, to try to put something up that effectively, you know, you don't know the schedule on the, on March Madness until selection Sunday, until the Sunday night, and then play-in games start Tuesday. So effectively, you only got two days, and if you throw the play-in games out, you only got, you know, basically Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to put something together. You just physically can't get that many people to sign up, and you know, for us to do something, like, we love throwing these big contests. I mean, I doubt that we'd be able to throw a contest that would pay out more than 25000 bucks. So, you know, it's kind of a tougher thing to pull off, um, you know, in that short order. So it's just a timing-related thing. It's just not, not the right type of tournament um, that allows us to do something like that, if, if you follow me. No, it makes total sense. And, you know, you wonder how far contests are going to go. Um, based upon your business model, obviously that's the biggest factor. And uh, yeah, you're right. The timing would ha- you probably have to start during the the super or the uh, the circa contest as well as the circus survivors just to try to get people into a March Madness ordeal, which they're not even thinking basketball. So that makes uh, total sense. Let's pivot over to the Super Bowl coming up in about seven eight days here. What kind of top-of-the-line entertainment do you have lined up at the Circa this year? I mean, you already have the best pool in the whole world there, Derek. Yeah, we got uh, you know we got a lot going on for this uh, this year for uh, the big game bash. We're throwing uh, we're throwing a total of seven parties. Uh, the parties range in size from four hundred up to uh, nine thousand. Um, some are private parties that we're hosting for our um for our casino guests and for our you know the guests of of casino hosts others are retail events um they range anywhere from uh free 
at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. Um, that's the 9,000-person party. Um, up to, uh, up to you know, really high-end events inside of our sports book and at Stadium Swim where, where um, you know, you could buy, you know, GA uh, all the way up to cabanas and things like that. Um, and those are all done with food and beverage minimum. So it really depends what type of crew you're coming with, what type of budget you got, what you're looking for. But uh, I think we got a little bit of something for, for everyone. I think there's still a little bit of availability in a couple of them. Uh, a lot of them are sold out already at this point. But, uh, but yeah, there's, there's no question. I mean, coming to Las Vegas and coming to Circa in the D, these will be the biggest big game bash uh, parties uh, anywhere. I, I can attest to that. And I'm guessing Stadium Swim will be sold out at some point. Uh, yeah, Stadium Swim has a little bit of availability left. But, uh, oh, it'll definitely be sold out. No question. All right. Make sure you guys get on that right away then. All the festivities going on at the Circa. So the game itself, Derek, I know I asked you this last year, but I have to ask you again, is there a side on this game? Uh, what's your, your numbers right now? One and a half, two uh, to the Eagles? Is, is there a side that you like or you're leaning towards in this big game? Uh-huh. You know, I'm not a guy that gives out picks. I'm a guy that kind of <laughs> follows money and follows uh, follows line moves. So, you know, we opened um, we opened uh, Chiefs as a favorite, and uh, that didn't last long. I mean, the market kind of took care of that real, real quickly. Um, it was all Eagles money in the first. Uh, 24 hours that we posted. You know, we posted Sunday night on uh, Championship Sunday um, where it quickly went to pick. And then Eagles went to uh, went all the way up to a two-point favorite. The, um, the A lot of that thought process, I think, had to do with where, um, where the Chiefs were um, in two areas. One being... How severe is Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain? And then number two, I think we saw on Championship Sunday the real utter devastation of the receiving core of the Chiefs. So I think there was a quite a bit of money that came in on, on the Eagles um, with the thought process that maybe the Chiefs are going to have some injury concerns. Now, one thing that a lot of people got to remember that when you make a wager – you know, 13 days before kickoff or 12 days or a week before kickoff, that doesn't necessarily mean that's who you're betting on for the game. That means you're, you're, that's the wager you're making, and you might, be, you, know, you might be making the play based upon where you speculate the line to move. So I know, that, I know a handful of people that bet uh, the Eagles at plus one, had bet the at bet the Eagles at Pickham, uh, but actually they like the Chiefs and they plan on coming back with the Chiefs at you know plus one and a half or hoping to get a plus two that type of thing and they're going to go in you know needing the Chiefs by the time kick comes. So so right now just it's a little bit different than maybe it was a couple decades ago. Right now when people are making plays, it's not necessarily who they like in the game, but it's where they expect the line to move. And then at some point next week, they're going to take their position. Exactly. We preach that as well. 
Just because you're taking a position predicting a line move doesn't mean it's your real position in the game. You can come across a lot stronger when some of those limits are raised if that's the kind of better that you are as well. So makes total sense. So what kind of props or specials will be offered at Circus Sports for the big game? I believe last year you had a great squares contest. Yeah, I mean, we're going to really blow up uh, Circus Squares this year. This will be, I think, the third, maybe the fourth year we've done Circus Squares. And you know, I think everybody knows how squares go. You know, you go to a, you go to a Super Bowl party, and wherever you're at, you, you know, they cut up, you know, a 10 by 10, uh, 10 by 10 sheet, and, you know, you buy into the, buy into the pot, and, and then right before kickoff, you get assigned what your numbers are. And, you know, the frustrating thing is if you get given a five and a five, you may not be all that happy with it. Uh, what's unique about Circus Squares is, is our odds makers have um, put odds on every combination. So if you prefer to go in with some of the more common numbers, like a zero, a three, or a seven, you know, you could take Chiefs three, and, um, you know, you, you, could, you could then take Eagles at a zero or something like that. If you want to take a long shot, you, you could do. You could take that. It's every square is odds adjusted, and we do squares for every quarter. So first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and whole game. Um, the uh, the minimum bet is uh, is a dollar. Um, the maximum bet is a bet that uh, pays out a hundred thousand. So um, you know if you have if you have a square that's a thousand to one, the your max bet's a hundred bucks on it. Um, Type of thing. If you got if you got a square that pays ten to one, your max bet's ten thousand on that. So um, it's a fun way of doing it. We, one of the things that I've noticed is kind of interesting is that there's a lot of people that own restaurants or bars. There's a lot of people that throw their own um, Super Bowl parties at their house or at their club, and they're coming in and they're buying the board. You know, they're they're coming in and putting ten bucks on every number, and then you know they're passing them out at their own parties stuff so it's kind of a cool kind of a cool little thing to uh either pick your own number or buy the whole board you know exactly you get taken care of for you all processed courtesy of circus boards no that's exciting i love the idea of putting different prices on squares because you can now look at your numbers and make your own choice it's so way different than the randomness getting stuck with a five and a nine that pays the same thing as a three and a seven right uh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, that is fun. Oh, that's I think that's going to be another big hit like it was last year and we'll keep going. So, I'm going to ask you the most important question now, Derek. When is Circus Sports coming down here to Arizona so we can use the book? Oh gosh, you know, we uh we're excited that um, you know, we're up in Nevada. Um, we've got a couple years under our belt for Circus Sports Colorado. Uh, we got a year, a full full year under our belt now in Circus Sports Iowa. Um, we've worked a deal out with Full House Resorts. They're building a brand new casino in a suburb of Chicago, so we're excited. That's going to get us access to the entire state of Illinois. Um, you know, we're hopeful that we're going to launch that in you know fourth quarter of uh, of 2023. So that that's a big project for us uh, here. Uh, in 2023, um, but I can tell you, I, uh, I I certainly can tell you that Arizona's Arizona's a, a location, a jurisdiction we're certainly interested in. Um, 
you know, Arizona is so close to Vegas. Um, I'm obviously a, a big fan of Arizona. I, I, I love visiting, you know, Phoenix. I love visiting Tempe. I love visiting Scottsdale. I, uh, I actually went down to Scottsdale last week and I went over to Wastebandsman Open, bought some gear and things like that. And, uh, um, we're going to be popping in next week, uh, you know, with NFL's, uh, media nights and, and media days for, uh, for radio rollover for Super Bowl. And, uh, I got a whole crew going over to Wastebandsman Open, uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun there. So, so Arizona's, Arizona's, uh, at, at the top of the <laughs> list. I can tell you that we're not ready yet, but, uh, but we will be at some point down the road. Absolutely. You're in Iowa. And getting into Illinois will be done by the fourth quarter of this year, correct? Yes, correct. All right. Well, make sure you guys check out Circus Sports. Check that out. Get over to Vegas for the Super Bowl parties. Sign up now because they will be sold out. Derek, thanks again for coming on our show. Really appreciate it. Hey, great to talk to you again. Hope to see you. Hope to see some of your uh, listeners out here. Tell them to come out over and say <laughs> hi to me. I'm usually hanging around. <laughs> Go say hi to Derek, guys. Thanks again. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this show. A huge thanks to Derek Stevens and everyone at Circa Las Vegas. Make sure you guys check out their wonderful parties for Super Bowl 57. Enjoy the rest of the week and go get some winners.